0: Welcome to the Men Among Demons podcast. Hey.
1: In a disoriented world, this is the podcast that asks what would happen if we truly put Christ at the center of our thinking.
0: Hey. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Opperwall.
1: And I'm your host, Dr. Greg Weeb.
0: Hi, Greg. Hey, man. All right, so, Greg, it is February 22 at the point that we're recording this. It'll probably be a week or two before it gets released. And that means that you and I have uh, just witnessed in the news, along with everyone in Canada, along with people all over the globe, the final clearing out of the very large trucker protests, so-called Freedom Convoy, Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, capital of Canada. Um, It's obviously been huge news here in Canada, but it is it has been making international headlines. Are any American listeners and even global listeners are. Perhaps well aware of what was going on there, or at least what was reported about what was going on there. Um, so I'm sure much ink and many podcast minutes have been spilled in Terry taking apart uh, the trucker convoy. You know, from a political point of view, from whether the Emergencies Act should be used, from whether the Prime Minister has done a good job, and you know, we we both have opinions on that. But as is usual, I think. For our show, we're looking for, we're looking for deeper stuff than all that. Not to say that none of that is important. It's all, it's all important. But it's not kind of our thing on Men Among Demons. But I know you, I find you quite interesting when you talk about what's going on with something like the trucker protests or that specifically. So, I just wanted to ask you, Greg, from the point of view of, of all these issues that we talk about, uh, spirituality, politics, the demonic, the angelic, what, what happened there? Or what is continuing to happen? And what should we make of it as Christians?
1: Man, I think there there's a lot of layers going on. And I think it's worth thinking about the question in a couple of different ways. I found it so instructive to think. I've been learning a lot about thinking symbolically from our fellow Orthodox pilgrim in this life, Jonathan Pajot. And he had like a, a two or three minute little clip about this that I thought was very, uh, very helpful. Um, uh, which I'll maybe I'll say, say more in a second, but like the first thing I, th- what I learned from him or what he's put so, so nicely and that I think is a, is the right place to start with something like this is not to dive so quickly into moral judgments about, you know, are these guys right to go and do what they're doing You know, is this what you should do or should you not do this? Or is it, you know, just disruptive for everyone and a big pain in the butt and, and self-serving or, and and whatever, just to take a step back and say, like, what are, what are the larger patterns going on here? Um, you know, what is going on, I think is as a prior question, that's, that's kind of pre-moral. So I think it's, I think it's important to have, 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 I think we should have, if we're going to talk about this today, I think we should talk about both aspects. And this kind of ties into our, our, uh, you know, earlier conversations about politics. Um, I think, but anyways, you know, the thing, the first thing that, that struck me, when hearing about this freedom convoy making its way to Ottawa, um, was that that the people you know, the, the people I heard talking about it, whether in in the media or uh, you know around the office, um, let's say more so in the media, didn't really like they didn't talk like they kn- knew anything about truckers, or you know knew it. Let's say knew any truckers. Or were at all connected to the culture or had any idea like there was such a kind of contempt right from the get go of, and and it's just like these, like um, the sense that people have no, like have no idea. Now I like, it's not like I'm a trucker, right? I'm a university educated guy. I in my early mid twenties, I spent time on a one ton moving van, delivering furniture and whatnot, you know, uh, which is which isn't nothing but it's not like I have trucking experience or or um, you know anything like that although man i've I've spent my fair share of time in you know playing metal music in uh, in dive bars and uh, you know like it's a different there are different aspects of the world that that one one gets gets a glimpse into that. You know, I, I think a, I think a lot of people commenting on this don't necessarily uh, you know don't necessarily have access to or haven't necessarily dwelt in those, and so there was just this sense from the beginning like, um, I don't, I don't think people uh, really appreciate just how different a culture, um, this might very well be, and then uh, and then. Jonathan Pagiot kind of put, put his finger on it so nicely as he, as he frequently does and talked about in the way he put it is he's like, you know, Trudeau's got to be careful. You got to watch, you got to be careful how far down you scratch, right? You got to be careful because you don't know what you're going to disturb. You don't know what you're going to awaken. And something here has been awakened. That, that didn't yet have a body, right? That, that's what his term was. And I can't help, ha- you know, and I thought it was just, that's exactly right, right? Like the desire for, you know, to- total, total accounting in, in Canada, the, the desire for a total, you know, a total account of vaccination reached like he, he pushed down and he pushed down a little too far. And as it were called up the, you know, it's the image of from Lord of the Rings, right? Comes up of, of, the, of the dwarves mining too deep in Moria and, and awakening the Balrog or like some monster of the deep, a Godzilla or a Mothra figure, uh, right? Coming up and then flopping themselves in the middle of the capital city of Canada and refusing to move and like right then there's nothing you can do to move it right this great this great monster so like my initial my initial sense of what's going on of of how to th- of how to think about this is like it, it is in those terms right not about whether the truckers are right or wrong to do this but just like what what at a broader level is happening here um and it seems like right because the because these guys are are the you know and you th- you think about it? Okay, these are, these guys are the network, you know, uh, connecting cities, uh, uh, and and uh, maintain right. They're the one industry other than the health industry that wasn't shut down at all. Right. This is the base level of the pyramid. The entire structure of society is, is built on it. There isn't a single thing in the room you're sitting in or that I'm sitting in including the clothes on my body that didn't come to me on a truck, nothing, not just everything in the room, but the room itself, right? The very materials that, that each and every, every building that we, uh, keep ourselves warm in, in this cold, cold Canadian winter, uh, yeah, everything everything every atom in your
0: body was, uh, and in fact, probably on a truck because you would
1: all exactly because you'd, you'd almost say all like
0: the food you've eaten.
1: That's right. You'd say uh, every you might say uh, might think everything other than than you and your birthday suit. But man, even like, you are nothing without it physically without the, the food that you have consumed. And every single piece of that came on a truck.
0: Pretty pretty close. You maybe have a garden. pretty close, <laughs> but yeah, basically, yeah.
1: then What'd you say? You maybe have a garden. You have a garden, <laughs> maybe have a
0: garden yeah. but if you if you live in the city, that's right. I mean, just to eat, just to live, it all goes onto trucks. So, what but what's this? So there seems to me like there's something really, really deeply important there. That, well, I guess that's our point to try to unpack it. That something went wrong with respect to the kind of. Uh, coalition, would you say, between, you know, the the people who who are represented by Justin Trudeau, quite literally, that particular social class, this this part of society uh, to which you and I maybe more, actually more naturally belong, in fact, um, a certain kind of socioeconomic class or, the, you know, this complex network of things that's sort of represented by Trudeau or, or a lot of politicians, not just him uh and and a bunch of truckers who who do the work or uh, some of the work but this essential piece of work that feeds and clothes all of us without which there's which I, without which i literally starve to death there was a detente or some kind of yeah agreement or coalition between these groups that seems to have been disrupted.
1: Like in one of the conversations I had with one of my co coworkers, like thinking about, try, like trying to think out loud a bit about why, you know, this is, these guys are workers, laborers. Um, but, you know, and then kind of musing that the NDP, which is historically the, 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 the uh, party in Canada, the, the federal party most concerned on the left with, uh, you know, labor movement, uh, and organization. historically
0: they're, they're the labor party. Right? The, the British equivalent the, would be the labor party. Yeah.
1: Right. The new, new democratic party in Canada. And like, why, you know, why these guys, why, why NDP wouldn't be interested in supporting the truckers. And I think part of it is, uh, of course that the NDP has itself, you know, g- Undertaken its own cultural turn about what it is concerned with, kind of away from, uh, there's still lots of, of sort of historic labor ties to it, but you know, there, there's, there are cultural concerns, uh, you know, wokeism or whatever uh, that, that it's now more preoccupied with. But the other part of it is like the, like this level of work is so basic that it's fundamentally ununionizable practically. Right. Like it's sub it's, it's sub labor organization. It's beneath, right. It's even more fundamental that there, that there is, you know, it's the, it's almost like a matrix within which other, other groups of people can kind of organize and, and, and unionize and, and, uh, uh, you know, identify institutionally, right? Like there is no kind of institutional identity as it were. Maybe that's a bit too kind of, abstract thinking. But I was getting frustrated the other day with, you know, people at the university, there's a forum, and they were, you know, preaching at us about how all these guys are white supremacists, and so forth. It's just obnoxious. And, you know, there was something about like the fact that we could all, that this was a, a university institution, that there was an institutional identity as a body that has, you know, that gathers in a particular location for particular purposes. And, and, and like there's something about having that identity that you can even point to by pointing to a building, right? A university buildings, right? That like even that is not, that's not available to the the trucker identity, right? Like it's more f- basic than that. Like the, the 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 man alone in his truck. There is no gathering of the body, right? Uh, and 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 so. It's almost like there's a, there's a tacit agreement. I mean, sort of back to your question, right? Like, you're like, has the was there an agreement? Like, I don't think that I think there was an agreement that was disturbed, but it was the kind of agreement that was so basic that those in ruling power didn't didn't have the means to understand it.
0: Yeah, well, that that's exactly what I'm after. That, that there's a certain lack of awareness about what's going on. I mean, as you're talking here, it's occurring to me that. You know, in the spirit, in spirit of how we try to explore things, that there's a real contrast here between the body of our society at the moment and what the body of Christ aims to be. And what I'm seeing in these events and what you're saying is I'm picking up on something you sort of alluded to, which is the how quickly the media, almost all of the Canadian media, I don't know about the global media, but certainly the media here, And the, and so many of the political authorities from, from the liberal party, the NAP and, and some others jumped on just pure disdain, just almost instantaneous disdain for a group of people who uh, are drawn for for a group of people without whom we literally cannot live as we, as we were already just saying, You, you know, it's, it's like, no, it's, it's. I'm not trying to say that every trucker in Canada was involved in this or supports. I'm sure there's, there's all kinds of truckers who thought this was terrible and were just as opposed to the protest as anyone. Um, so not to lump them into a group, but sort of representationally, and with respect to these particular people who were there in Ottawa, who were there at the Ambassador Bridge, etc. Um, th- this is at least part of a group of people without whom I cannot live. You know, I have this very privileged, cushy, easy life. From a material point of view, that depends on these people having a less cushy uh, life uh, to deliver all the stuff that I enjoy and eat, and it the body of Canadian politics, it seems to me, Canadian society for this moment, it's suddenly as though you know the head can just disdain the feet or the, or the bowels, you know, <laughs> that's a harsh comparison for the truckers. I'm sorry, truckers. That's, you know, I mean that in the most generous spirit, because what I mean is that, you know, my bowels have a job. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, it, it makes no sense to say my brain is better than, you know, my digestive system. That's, a, that's nonsense without either of these things i am dead and i to aspire to be the body of christ is to aspire to have i think unity and and accord and concord within a diverse group of people that's right and in some ways canada's trying to aspire to that but it's really interesting to see how you know the, the the same people who are all about you know unity and diversity and all these great great things. All of a sudden, I mean, just it, just pure and intense and unmitigated disdain for truckers, kind of as such. Uh, the second the second they're saying something, you know, we don't want to hear.
1: You know, it's a kind of disdain at how the sausage gets made, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a culture. It's a it's a a, a fitting culture for. Um, for a population that happily get, thinks its meat comes from a grocery store, right? And uh, but but disdains slaughterhouses and how and how animals are raised and and so forth, right? It just strikes me as a as a as a fundamental taking for granted, and uh, right a taking for granted of the basis of the system. I think the thing to be the thing to be clear about is that, like, <laughs> like your bowels stink. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, they're, yeah, they're, well, they, do. they do. It, it is that's not part of their job. That's part of their job. They're they you get know, rid of the waste. It's not as though the thing, like, it's it's important to realize that this isn't an intellectual movement. Freedom Convoy is not an intellectual movement, and people will poke fun at. You know, um, truckers in Canada thinking that we have we have a First Amendment, for example,
0: right. right, right,
1: or or making fun of the of these guys who you know have their declaration and and want to petition the Governor General to uh, uh, kick out Justin Trudeau as the Prime Minister and and dissolve the Senate and and whatever, right? Like all of these things at an intellectual level are are silly, um. Right. And it's how could you, you know, how could you make, uh, like, how could you not understand this and, and so forth. But if you don't, if you understand it, not as an intellectual movement, but as a kind of, as a kind of dream movement from below, or, you know, uh, as a, as a way, uh, you know, of certain, like, um, a thing that's trying to find a body. I mean, this is why it's really, it's, it's interesting to think through in this context, because this is how we, I mean, this is an important way of understanding angels and demons and principalities and powers, right? That there are these identities and forces that, that find different modes of manifestation. And so here you have a, what's a kind of spiritual movement from below that doesn't, that doesn't begin with understanding that doesn't begin with, you know, a sophisticated knowledge of a problem and trying, you know, tries to address it, but, but simply manifests this, uh, f- this, this lower urge to cry out that something has gone wrong, right? Something has gone deeply, deeply wrong. And this is why I have no problem, you know, uh, laying, laying the, the blame for all the things that I myself would find, annoying and frustrating about the, the about the freedom Con- Like if I was in Ottawa, I would hate it too. Right. The honking. I mean, like it's like, it would be awful.
0: Well, it is the point. I mean, the point is to drive people nuts. So no doubt it works. I'm sure.
1: But it is like, it is, if it is a political failure, it's a political failure before and I, and I think that's important to establish before, you know, asking the question, which I, again, I do think that we should ask, or at least think, do some thinking out loud about like what would what should you do as as a trucker? What should you, like what's you, you know if you're a Christian trucker or something like that? Like what is it to live in the pattern of Christ in a situation like this? But in but I think like just as a way of getting a lay of the land, like seeing to see this the 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 arising of this great leviathan from the deep, um, to only to flop down uh, and fall asleep immovably from the middle of you know in the in downtown Ottawa at Parliament Hill, you know is a is a political failure it's a failure of leadership fundamentally
0: if it's a, this is a political failure I mean, I tend to agree with you, but i I think that doesn't just mean that 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 it's a failure of the prime minister, it means that, but it doesn't just mean that I mean we could say that the truckers themselves or you and I or anyone is part of that political failure. I mean, they, they may have misstepped. Um, I think like, I think you're exactly right. There's, there's something almost pre-intellectual. What you said there about something has gone deeply wrong. That seems really huge to me. Looking at the news out of the United States as well for, for many years now, that keeps being my feeling like the, there are so many people. And I mean, on both sides, I don't just mean one group. So many people who feel like something has gone just so disastrously wrong and are so angry. And I think you're, you're very much onto something by sort of implying, it seems like that we Begin our response to that, not with a dismissal to say, well, look, these people are angry and that's why whatever they have to say is irrelevant and we don't have to listen to them. But the complete opposite, we do the reverse and say, these people are incredibly angry. That really needs to tell us something. Uh, It's possible that they are just incredibly self-absorbed and... You know, they're they're angry about a grievance that is not a big deal, except in their own eyes. That can happen, but we shouldn't conclude that too hastily, I would think, especially not, you know, the bigger the protest is, the less likely it seems to me that that, that, that is true. You know, the more people from the more backgrounds that pile on, the more likely it is that, no, something is really wrong. So what do we do? Because this seems to be happening a lot. It seems to be happening a lot. I'm, I feel concerned, really, kind of deeply concerned about our world right now. Oh
1: yeah, I was, yeah, I was feeling ill at ease today, like thinking about the way these emergency measures that our parliament has now uh, voted to accept, um, like that's distressing. Like thinking about thinking about someone who, you know, who is tired of the pandemic restrictions too, and thinking that Canada hasn't done a bang up job in a couple of different ways. And we've talked about some of the, some of those things, you know, and, and really seeing themselves in, in the freedom convoy and you chip them 50 bucks, uh, you know, in support. And now all of a sudden, what? You have to be worried that your bank account's going to be frozen?
0: Well, the authorities are saying no. If you are in that situation, you don't.
1: They've come out and said that? Yeah.
0: Okay. That's right. It's a lot. I mean, I think it's what's interesting there is that the federal government itself has said this is an emergency that's out of control. There's a political breakdown here that's out of control. And we we can't deal with it in our usual way. That's that's explicitly what they're saying. To to invoke the Emergencies Act for the first time in Canadian history, which replaces the War Measures Act. Let's make make that clear. This is the new version of the War Measures Act. <laughs> if it was called that, I, I wonder if people... <laughs> How people would respond if it was still called the War War Measures Act. It's the institution of martial law. And so the the federal authorities are saying this protest is is a problem of such a magnitude that we have to introduce the Canadian version of martial law, the War Measures Act, the Emergencies Act. That's an admission of a complete breakdown a complete political breakdown. Now, whether you go after the guy who chipped in 50 bucks or not, I mean, I don't think that's likely that it's not happening, but it's still to say, we're throwing up our hands. We cannot actually restore and repair the polity. We can't get in there and talk to whoever's protesting truckers and whoever else and negotiate something, work something out, find a compromise, find ways that people can go back to living peacefully with each other. The government itself is saying, we, we can't, we cannot. There is no possible way for us to clear out these protests by taking those kinds of measures. So we have to institute the War Measures Act, the Emergencies Act, and kick them out with riot police. And that's the only thing we can do, which means that we are, we are saying we will not try to heal the wound. We cannot heal this wound. We can't heal it. All we can do is clear out the protest, and then they have to go home. Now, there's nobody left on the streets of Ottawa. The Ambassador Bridge is running. And those may be good things. I mean, those are probably important things to have happen. Uh, but, but, but you're saying, well, we, the wound we, we can't fix it. We will, we will just let it fester because we cannot fix it. Which seems to me to be really scary and also not true.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right right i think i think that's key like it is it's really unsettling um to see yeah basically to see your your uh government in office um sort of just double down and say there's nothing you know the simpsons line is i've tried nothing and i'm all out of ideas yeah <laughs> right and yeah. and uh you know, because, and you can feel, you can feel the, or I could feel the risk in that. Like the, the risk that then the, that this thing, you know, calling out for a body for embodiment, um, isn't, isn't just going to go away, you know, no, um, how can it, but what do you do? Well, what do you do? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> politically like what are we talking about right like so what you know right what's the what's the end like how, what, what do you do to heal these fundamental rifts in the canadian polity Oof. Uh, try to throw your weight behind a leader who's a, who who does a little uh does a better job at trying to account for the whole
0: well, so that's an interesting thing to say because the, the implication then is that the that the more angelic pattern is to try to account for the whole with a I certain level so. of pa- with a certain level of patience, and that's something that people on every side of the political spectrum can and do fail at absolutely all the time. We we tend to just have our uh, you know the people that I want to discount <laughs> and chop off or whatever group and then the people whoever Justin Trudeau wants to chop off are maybe a somewhat different group and maybe we share something in common we probably do uh, but you the implications that the the move to the more holistic uh, the body that can incorporate all is, is the more angelic move and the move toward division is is the more demonic but how comfortable are we with that as a I don't know. I don't know if that's a total principle either.
1: You know, every organizing principle, every 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 unity needs to have a principle, a principle of unity. Um and and that's what and the and the only true principle of unity um is Christ. Christ alone Christ alone joins heaven and earth all the way down to Hades, right? The entirety. And but and and, and but <laughs> It's complicated because every principle of unity requires a division, right? And that's why you know that's why it's not just evidently clear that Christ is the answer, or the the Conservative Party is the answer, or the Liberal Party is the answer, or whatever. Like, right? because everyone's got to do the same kind of thing, and then it just it just makes a difference, you know, what that principle is. But like the you know the Conservative Party of Canada, right, is going to try to do is going to try to do that same. Uh, you know, make that same move, right? Like we can account better. We can unify the country, right? And we won't. We we stand for for both the the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. Right? They're going to try to make that move, but it's still a right leaning party, right? The principle is that you're on. You know, you've got you've got certain uh, you know traditional ideas about. Economics and uh, you know markets and and what 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 modes your political ma- you know political represent- representation should take, and it's not like it's not going to be able to account for everything. You know, I you know I may think that there's a better chance of unifying Canada uh, in through more conservative political principles, but you know, like I don't know, uh, but but fundamentally you know, the, the only true, the only r- real principle of unity that can account for the whole is Christ. And so, you know, there are proximate gains that one can maybe make in Canadian federal politics um, that replicate to a lesser extent, you know, the goodness that we see in Christ, but it's always going to be, um, you know, a massive compromise.
0: The point that comes out there that's really significant, though, is that truth matters too. Yeah, you know, I think the church because the church cuts people off. Ultimately, I mean, I can't just be in full union with someone who says, uh, you know, Jesus never lived, and if he did live, he he was an asshole, <clears throat> and no one should listen to him. Well. I mean, I can't have a Christian church that just says that person is a-okay and fine. People have attempted it. It's, <laughs> it's just gonna sound nasty for a moment. It's called, it's called Anglicanism in Canada. Hi-oh. Uh, <laughs> hi-o. Sorry, Anglicans, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or uh, or United Church. But um, it's it, but but really, I mean, I think one of my big critiques of those groups is that there there is a tendency to say, well. Certainly when the Anglican communion, like you can be an atheist, right? You know, and maybe that's fine. And well, it's not. <laughs> it, well, then it's
1: not true. Then it's not true unity. Like then you're thinking of, uh, yeah, then yeah. you're thinking of a, a, a unity can, con, um, construed under a different principle. Like the thing about what, what the Anglican church does as, as an example, like it, it calls the body, like it thinks of it, it thinks of the church as coterminous with the political body or something like that right the queen is is uh, the head of the church right like so there's a there's a kind of boundary identification like that everyone within this circle is You know, part of the communion or part of the identity of the church or something. Well, as soon as that's the case, you're going to, you're going to find that people, you know, have all sorts of opinions then that you're going to need to take account of. And some of those opinions include such, such hits as God does not exist, right? So you're going to have to find a way to, to, but then all of a sudden your, your, your principle of unity is, is the circle that, uh, that you draw around the population that the church pertains to and not Christ. And the thing, the thing about the Orthodox church, is that making Christ the principle of unity it's like it's it's not just I mean we have a kind of a high standard of, of what of who Christ is and what that means and what it what it excludes right If you think that Christ is something less than truly and fully God then you then then you have in a sense functionally rejected Christ and cannot be in communion with him and to and to call yourself into in in communion with someone who is not uh who, who thinks that Christ is less than God is to appeal to something other than Christ um as a principle of unity right we that we're both you know humans we're a common humanity or we're both Canadians or we're both you know englishmen or or, or whatever it is um, but that's a different principle of unity than than Christ gives.
0: So, if it's, so, if the principle of unity is essential, then do we not care about what happens with the trucker protests? Do we not care about what happens to Canada? Because the, the principle of unity in Canada is not Christ. Correct. Uh, so, we can talk about these things with respect to the church, and it kind of makes a sense to me to say, well, we do seek the broadest unity that we possibly can without compromising the fundamental principle. So, if you says, if you say there's no God and Jesus never existed, uh, then, you know, I, I wish you all the best, see you later, you're not part of the body of Christ, you don't believe in anyway, so I suppose it's no offense to you, right? Uh, I think that can make sense in the, in the church, but Canada has a different principle of unity. So, wh- one conclusion you could draw from that is that it doesn't matter and I shouldn't care. I shouldn't be rooting for either the truckers or Justin Trudeau. I don't care. Maybe I just, maybe I shouldn't give a rip who wins. You know, fine. Maybe the trucker, the truckers win and the vaccine mandates go at the border. And maybe I think that that's a good idea because I think they don't really make much sense yeah, or whatever. Or maybe we invoke the emergencies act. anytime an old lady, you know, picks up a sign and stands in Ottawa that says, I don't like the prime minister. And we just invoke the emergencies act and freeze her bank account. Maybe I shouldn't give two hoots. <laughs> you know, which of these radical. Does it matter? If if I already live in a society that isn't built around Christ, I don't I kind of don't want to let it all go just yet. That's that's what I'm pressing at. Like I don't feel like I feel like it is better, even now, even with the Emergencies Act. I think what we have right now in Canada is better in a, in a real way than the, the straight up Soviet Union. One of the concerns about the Emergencies Act is that it seems to be a step toward that. Now, I'm not saying that. And it is. It is a step toward that. Now, we have a lot of steps to go. So, lest I sound like I'm being hyperbolic, uh, you know, maybe whatever. If we have 10,000 steps to go, then it's just one step. But it is one step. So, and this is why people get disturbed by it. And I think, I think there's something there. Yes. Even, but it's not the unity of Christ though.
1: And I think, I, and I think that's the, that's the way I would be inclined to frame it. Like, cause if I, if I think about the most sanctified people I know and imagine what they might say about the freedom convoy, I feel like it would uh, there would be an element of it that would be this kind of uh, deta- detachment from from the particular outcome but one that is not heartless towards people's concerns um on on either side of the issue or on either side of any n- number of other issues that one might get worked up about that there would be a kind of detachment uh, as as to you know whether or not this particular political m- movement you know plays out um successfully or not but one that is what but one that is com- nevertheless compassionate for people's people's real concerns and then at, at the same time you know n- not having cultivated such a sense of detachment uh, and not having Cultivated such sanctity, maybe I should not. I should refrain from giving any advice whatsoever.
0: Um, <laughs> but yeah, maybe. Um, uh, so that was the end of the men among demons uh- show. <laughs> yeah well Great fortunately turned off
1: the-, <laughs> <laughs> Turn off the mic for good um well i I'll, which is what we should do if we think of this podcast as a, a giving of advice <laughs> as long good, as good point yes as long we do as, try to avoid that yeah if i'm think if i think about it as uh as an opportunity to think out loud with you then then i think i'm still good and this and and that's the you know so that's the other side exactly what you bring up it's like the reason I'm inclined to support in a, at least in a general sense, you know, the, the movement of the freedom convoy is because it's kind of a it's a, it's a first real pushback um, that we've that I can recall seeing in recent years in in favor of um, sort of typical liberal principles. like pushing back, calling for freedom, is just a, a, an attempt to call, as far as I can tell, a return to to these fundamental liberal principles that we should all be free uh, to make, you know, basic decisions for ourselves, um, you know, given certain constraints within society, and I and I, and I think like, yeah, I think there are some reasons to prefer that, you know, prefer a liberal polity uh it makes sense in terms of our tradition it may uh, in terms of um uh, uh like our our temporal tradition as as canadians as north americans right it's where we're coming from and it, and it's and it's oh i don't know i don't really want to sing the praises of liberalism uh uh very much but like you know it's it's had certain benefits that i think are worth not taking for granted um, and for that reason, you know, uh, what some, some support, some, some support is, is, um, might be called for.
0: Yeah. Well, it's interesting to think about that as a Christian, because we'd have to think about why it might be beneficial for what's truly good. I, I basically, this is, this book is getting kind of old now, but tell Papa Nicolao's old book, um, Oh gosh, what is it on politics? Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, Orthodox? Do you remember what it's called? Do you have it on your uh, shelf?
1: I, I probably do. Yeah, po- politi- po- politics. The mystical Hold as political. On.
0: mystical as political. That's mystical exactly right. Political. Yes. Yeah. I think he makes basically this argument to to the end that you we support Orthodox should support liberalism. We're talking about with a small L here, so we're not talking about leftism. Or rightism. I mean, in in Canada, both Conservative and Liberal Party and the NDP, and even most of the fringe parties support liberalism in its basic sense. At least they say they do on paper. Uh, So he says we should support that liberalism, being the notion of people having as much freedom as they can to do things like speak and criticize the government and make their own choices and behave as they will, uh, as we kind of maximize that. And he says we should do that because that reflects what God has given to us. And so, it's the best space to create for people to find their salvation in Christ. To let them have as much freedom as they can possibly have. That's what he says. I think there's something to that argument. I also think there's something... Lacking. Maybe. Yeah, something
1: a little <laughs> bit unsatisfying.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely do not think that he's like way off base and we should have, right. a, you know, an Orthodox emperor. Uh, <laughs> but
1: like, you know, even putting the, me- the matter that way, um, like talking about it reflecting the freedom God has given us. Like if you're talking about reflecting God's cosmic order or, you know, mediating it or, you know, manifesting it. The principal manifestation, the principal reflection of the freedom God gives us is in the church. That is what the church is. It is the kingdom of God. So if you're talking about like the proper political manifestation of God's cosmic order, that's not liberalism. It's the church. Now you can, you can support, you can support liberalism, I think, for, for being for for also reflecting it in its in its uh you know more clouded mirror right for like it it, it is also a reflection of of uh, you know freedom in christ a lesser one but still one and and may and and may for exactly those kinds of reasons that you're articulating uh, be worth supporting but the other reason to be ambivalent about it um is that we have a very clear tradition of uh, faithfulness coming out of struggle and persecution. And so one wonders if, if one should be cheering for an easy life at all. It's enough to make one a little bit unsettled, actually. Like if you were to, if you're to take the gospel seriously and as Orthodox, like we're really trying to take the gospel seriously. Um, then then rooting f- the rooting for an order um in which in which christians can flourish is kind of a a bit of a bit of a paradox
0: well why don't we talk about that paradox a little bit in the second half
1: let's do just that
0: Well, that then uh, will draw this first half of this episode to a close. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in, as always. Um, And as always, you can join us for the second half of this episode and for all of our episodes on patreon.com slash menamongdemons. Join the conversation. Ask us questions or give suggestions for future topics. We'd love to hear from you. Love to have you join us. Uh, Yep, so I'll see you over there, Greg. Oh, and uh, before we go, (laughs) here's a little taste of what you'll hear in the second half. So if this if this happened inside of a family, like this is what happens, right? You, right. my one of my children is having a tantrum about the thing they wanted, and they threw a toy at my face, right? That actually doesn't happen. I don't know why I keep saying that because it doesn't really happen. <laughs> I don't think my kids don't throw his stuff at me, but it's
1: you know you, you can, can imagine, imagine it. what it would be like if they did. <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine it.
0: All right, so I'll see you over in the second half, Greg. See you there, Dan. Your support
1: makes this podcast possible. Find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash demons for exclusive content and to join the conversation.